Well, I've got to tell you, I really enjoyed our time of worship today. I loved it. And, um, you know, it's amazing what more voices do in a room. It's great. And uh, next week, we're going to be having a service dedicated to just singing the glory of God. And we're just going to see what the Holy Spirit does. We're going to just see what it is. So that's what we're going to be doing here at Hawkesbury. And um, everyone's invited to come along. It will be great. And today, we're actually be packing 500 hampers. Is that right, 500 hampers? And as you can see around me, I'm not so lonely up here today. Got a whole bunch of food. And um, we're going to have a much shorter service. I don't want to spend too much time talking. I just want to share with you some thoughts. But then we're going to be getting in. I'm going to encourage everyone, remain here. Come on, and let's get together. And let's get the kids involved as well, packing hampers. Why? Because I don't know of a year where maybe they're needed more than they've ever been needed this year. Okay, is that cool? It's going to be great. I want to grab your, oh, if you grab your Bibles, grab them and turn to Isaiah 58. It'll be up on the, up on the screens. Isaiah was a prophet. He was around 700 years before Jesus was around. And uh, he's my favourite prophet. I love reading the books of Isaiah, 66 chapters. And um, very, very profound. And I like to call it the gospel according to Isaiah. Because there's a lot there. He just predicted Jesus coming so profoundly and so accurately. It is amazing. But uh, today I want to speak out of Isaiah 58. I'm going to be reading through this and just sharing some thoughts about it. Because I think there's a particular word that he wants to bring to our church of encouragement. I think our church is amazing. I've got to tell you, I am so encouraged. One of the things when you talk to other pastors is they'll always ask, how's your church going through this, this time? And um, bottom line is you really don't know because you don't see everyone every week. But what I do is I hear stories from people in our church of what they've been up to. And I've got to tell you, I'm just blown away by the amount of people who are reaching out to their neighbours, who are encouraging one another. Someone has a, a, an issue in life or a tragedy in life and all of a sudden a whole bunch of our church family are around them to encourage them. And I hear this time and time again, I've got to tell you, well done church. That's the way church should be, Right? Church is not just a gathering. We do gather and we love to gather, but church is 24-7 and when someone needs the church, the church is there, amen? And I've got to tell you, today is an encouragement I want to share with you. Isaiah 58, verse one. Shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion, oops, and to the descendants of Jacob's their sins. God here is making a stance. God loves his people. This is towards Israel. If you wanted to bring this into the New Testament, it's towards his church, right? These are his people and he loves them and cares for them and he wants the best for them. And he's, caught, he's raising up things that they're not doing right. You can actually look, look at the word sins here and think of it as if they're missing the mark. The real word for sin really is that you're missing the mark. You're not actually achieving what God wants to achieve. You're not doing what God wants you to do. And that's the context of what he's saying here. My people, they're, they're, they're rebelling against me because they're not doing what they, they need to be doing. Interesting, isn't it? Let's read on, verse two. He wants to bring correction to them. For day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. For they ask, oh, sorry, they ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. That's not a bad thing, right? He, 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 he sees some actions which are happening. He sees the great. He sees the people acting the way they should, but there's something missing. Let's keep reading. Verse three, 
Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. Wow. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Ouch. God here is calling them out on their fasting and their worship. He's calling them out. They, they seem to be doing right. They, they got the actions. You know, they, they, they're saying things like, God, we want to be closer to you. And that's what fasting is really about. Fasting is about, you know, denying the flesh and allowing your spirit and your inner person to be closer to God, to hear his voice even closer. And that's what fasting is about. And I would actually argue that that's what worship is about. Worship is not about us. You know, sometimes you hear people say, oh, you know, I didn't really like worship today. It wasn't for you. It's actually for him. And... It's an indication that you've probably been going to church, you know, just religiously rather than out of relationship. It's like, oh, I didn't like the worship today. You know, we're not here to like worship. We're here to do the worship because it's about sacrificing ourselves, laying ourselves down for him and telling him how much we love him. Mind you, his love for us just keeps pouring out in those times. He's, that's the nature of God. He won't let you get away with just loving him. He'll love you back. He just can't help himself. But he's, 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 he's pinpointing something here that he wants to see change in his people. And he wants to bring correction. Why? Because he wants the best for his people, but not only his people, those who aren't his people yet. Those whom he misses most. He wants the best for them too. That's the incredible God we have. Even those who say they would be his enemies, he wants the best for them. Isn't that amazing? Let's read on, verse five. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day of people to humble themselves? Is it only bowing one's head and like a reed and, and for uh, lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? You know, God, God wants to challenge their living because what's lying underneath their actions is not real great. He's saying, you're bowing your head? Is that, is that really what you're doing? Is, is just lifting your hands worship? Is just turning up the church enough? I wanna go deeper than just that. I wanna go real deeper, that's what God's saying. He begins to explain what he wants. Verse six, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke and set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, you clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? You mean that's fasting? Is that, how's that fasting? How is it? Well, when you think about fasting as something, like I said before, that you actually lay yourself down to get closer to God, He's saying, this is how you do it. For all you young people, this is the cheat. The cheat in the game, how to achieve what you want to achieve. How do you achieve what God wants to achieve is this. He's saying basically, you know, you're going through the motions, you're bowing down, you've got sackcloth and ashes, you're doing the religious stuff, but it's nothing more than just rituals to you. 
He said, for my people, I want better than that because they were depriving themselves of something amazing. Going through the, the actions, just ritual. Uh, life has not changed. Their lives weren't changing. He wanted more. More importantly, the people around them, their lives weren't blessed either. He wanted to see change. Then God describes the fasting and worship. He wants, you know, breaking the chains of those who are injustice, who have had injustice happen to them. Set the oppressed free, share food, provide shelter and clothes for those who don't have any. Help humanity, basically help those who need help. This is the sort of fast, this is the sort of worship I'm looking for. What will happen for such people? He goes on, let's read it again. Verse eight. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Wow, everything you've been wanting, it'll happen. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you go away, oh sorry, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and the malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. Wow. Could this be God's plan for the church? Could this be God's plan so that you flourish in life? Could this be it? I think it is. You know, in the Western world, in the Western church in which we live, we've actually gotten good at doing church. In fact, I'd, I'd argue that Australia leads the way of doing church on Sunday mornings. No one does it better than the church in Australia. We're famous for it. Mate, four songs, a middle piece, sermon, go home, have a great day. And I think what we're, we're at risk of doing is even that becoming just a ritual. Don't get me wrong, I love singing the songs which we sing. I love worshipping the Lord with you guys all in a room together. I love that. But we can't limit the worship of the church just to four songs on a Sunday morning. It's much more than that. And I'm wondering whether the Lord is shaking the church right now, right across the world saying, hey, your worship is much more than just singing a song. Your fasting is more than just going without food and feeling sad for yourself. It's much more than that. I read this scripture this week and I thought to myself, wow, I've never known of a time right now where this is more needed in my lifetime. And this is an opportunity for the church worldwide right now to actually do this type of worship, to fast. So church, I'm gonna ask you, do you wanna worship the Lord? Next Sunday morning, we'll be together here. We're gonna worship the Lord all we can. We're gonna dedicate the whole service to it. We're gonna be praying for people, prophesying, looking for the Holy Spirit. But remember, we don't just worship the Lord on Sunday mornings. It's an everyday thing. What do you do between those services is worship to the Lord.
So I want to challenge us today. What are we doing in serving the Lord, worshiping Him, and fasting, building our spiritual character? Listen to a great podcast recently, and um, was directed at young men. Um, I'm very interested in seeing how we can develop young men into true men. I, I love that, and spends a lot of my time thinking of it. I'm listening to this podcast, and this guy's talking about rights and responsibilities. And he looks at this world in which we live and how everybody seems to know their rights really well. People tend to claim their rights and they hold on to them. But he points out something, especially with young men in our culture. They don't seem to really understand their responsibilities. It's like the balance of rights and responsibilities is way out of kilter right now. Then the tragedy of that is this, and he makes this statement, he says, Meaning for life is never found in your rights. It's only found in your responsibilities. And we have a whole generation where he fears are raising up with no meaning in life. And we wonder why there's so much mental illness. We wonder why so many people are causing harm to themselves. We wonder why there seems to be a lost generation coming through. It's because they haven't found meaning of life. What is your meaning of life? And I think that's really everyone's journey. I think it's what we're all looking for. And here's the thing, you'll never find it in your rights. You'll only find it in your responsibilities. In fact, he goes on to say that the most meaningful times and the most, I won't say pleasurable, but the most, he says, the most rewarding times that people remember for the rest of their lives are not the holidays. They're not the times of pleasure. They're not the great parties. No, no, no. What people draw on most in their life is the times when they gave up something of their own to help someone else. It makes sense really when you think about it. You see, we are made in the image of God. We are to reflect His image. We can't help but do that. And you know what God is like? He gave His only Son that so whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He's a giver. He laid down his own life. Why? So that others could live. So that others wouldn't perish. It only makes sense that the most rewarding things in life would be when we help the oppressed, break the chains, feed the hungry, clothe those who have no clothes, help those who are in dear trouble. It would, only, it would only make sense that that would be the so rewarding for us. Let's read on, verse 12. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairers of broken walls, restorers of streets and dwellings. Interesting comment that. Your people, God's talking to his people, and he's saying, hey, hey, your people, you, you'll be known as those who restore things. You'll be known as the rebuilders. Not only will your light shine like we read before, not only will you know, midnight look like noonday, you, mate, you'll be known as this. I started thinking about that and praying on it. I felt prophetic, not pathetic, prophetic. And I felt the Lord say to me, I'm calling your church for this, Rick. And your people will rise up. 
And that's when I started reflecting on all the things I hear, what our church is doing, amazing things. I'm saying, God, I don't think they need to be corrected. He says, no, 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 no. I want them to know who they are. And I started praying more and more and I felt the Lord challenge me as the pastor of the church and saying, I've called you to lead. Not Rick, the church. I've called the church to lead this. And I started realizing in a time when it was never been more needed in my lifetime, where people are drowning in darkness, when people are feeling the oppression, when food is needed, when comfort is needed, when understanding is needed, someone has to rise up. Someone has to say, I will take my responsibility. I will do it and it will cost me. But that's okay. That's okay. And I felt the Lord's asking Strong Nation Church whether you would lead the way. Not so that others would follow, but so others could be set free. Would you join me? Would you join me in worship? Would you join me in fasting this way? You know what, as a church, we've done some great things to help people. You know, we're about to do some of that in the next few moments. Packing hampers, it's a great thing to do collectively, that's what we do. I remember when we planted Mountains Church. Um, they'll be packing their hampers this afternoon in a place up in the mountains, which is great. I remember the Lord said to me, serve people. That's how you plant a church, you serve people. And funnily enough, the bushfires had just gone through up there in 2013. So what did we do? We looked for people who needed help and we found people who their, their yards were gone. So we thought, well, we can spend a Sunday morning during our church hours doing Isaiah 58 worship. And I've got to tell you, it was amazing. The, the church came together and we got our hands dirty. And I remember some of the parishioners who didn't know any different came up to me and said, Rick, what are we doing? Shouldn't we be worshipping the Lord? I said to them, we are. I'll never forget, there was one man there who, when the fires hit, he was flying on an aeroplane to Los Angeles. He landed and got a phone call to say, your house has just burnt down. Three-story house, had antique cars. His hobby was inside the house. Anyway, we're cleaning up his yard weeks later and he's standing there and he was very standoffish. I'm trying to be friendly with all these people around cutting up trees and what have you and doing gardening and, and um, he's very standoffish. And I went up to talk to him in not many words, but I thought, okay, fair enough, I understand. It's a hard time. Two weeks later, I get a letter from him. And he says this, Rick, I wanna say thank you to your wonderful church. I'm talking a little baby church of about 20 people at this stage. I wanna thank you for your wonderful church. He said, when I came back, all hope was gone. I looked at the ruins and I thought, I'm giving up. He said, I had no plans for the future. I didn't know what to do. I was just living day to day. But when I saw your people begin to help, and we didn't do a great deal. There's only so much you can do, right? He said, it gave me hope. He said, now I'm gonna rebuild again. And I'm gonna rebuild in a different manner. I'm gonna rebuild for someone else, not just for me, so that my home can help others. And he gave me a $2,000 check. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's pretty cool, which we put into the next project. I thought just the actions of a church who worshiped the Lord a bit differently on that Sunday morning changed someone's life. I think that's what God's talking about here. The fast, the worship that I'm looking for is help those who need help. Look out for them. And we're gonna to continue to do things like that at church, but I think we've gotta go a different level, another level, which I think we are doing. We're gonna to continue to do. 
that corporately we're great, but what about individually? Could we lift up our eyes a little bit more and say, I know the church has not organized anything this week, but I know the people in my street need help. Wow. Could we be the ones who knock on the door and say, hey, how you doing today? You doing all right? Could we be the one who leans over the fence and says, you doing all right? You need something? Or maybe we notice that their lawn needs mowing. Or their kids just seem to be, you know, hungry all the time. Maybe we could be the church who's always on the lookout for this. From between the services, Sunday to Sunday, that we have an army of people fasting and worshiping the Lord every day. Wouldn't that be amazing? I see it. I see it every day. I see us reaching out and shining light into dark homes that have not had light for a long time. Your light will be like the noonday. You'll walk in and you'll shine and everyone will say, wow, I can see now. I had hopelessness, now I don't. All because a Christian who loves God said, you know what, it cost me, but it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And I found my meaning in life. Amen. I was, um, had the honour of doing Brodie and Sarah Collins' wedding on Monday. It was amazing. And um, Sarah Robinson up until last Monday, Sarah Collins. And um, one of the things just before the wedding, they said, well, we want to wash each other's feet. I thought, God, I can't lie. I thought, that's weird. That would be really weird. But they're, quirky. they're wonderfully quirky, this couple. And I thought, okay, let's, yeah, cool. It's what you want. On Monday afternoon, they did this ceremony and they stopped, they took each other's shoes off and they washed each other's feet. I've got to tell you, it's one of the most powerful things I've ever seen in a wedding. And I reflected on what that means. Jesus at the Last Supper, the Last Supper was really all about two things. Remember what I'm about to do for you and love one another. That's all it was. Remember what I'm about to do for you. I'm gonna show you how to love and love one another. Do so the same to others. Then he got down and he washed his dirty, stinking feet of his disciples. And we're talking about people who walk around in sandals all day in dusty roads. He washed them. Now think about it. Is there anyone more entitled on this planet than God himself? Jesus? He was entitled. But he laid all that down. So I'm going to show you how to love one another. Washed feet. Wow, that's how God likes to love. That's how God likes to show his love. How do we show our love? Well, we wash a lot of feet. Now, for you concrete thinkers, I'm not telling you to go to the next door and take their shoes and socks off and start washing their feet. That would be weird. But maybe taking their garbage out or putting their bins back in might be a little way of just washing a few toes. Maybe you see the storm clouds coming, you take their washing off and pack it up nicely and put it on their back porch. Maybe that's a good way. Maybe just ringing up to say, how you doing, I've been thinking about you, is washing their feet. Why would you do such a thing? Because I love them. I love them. Jesus actually said, do it to your enemies too. Not just the ones you love. Church, I'm gonna ask you, would you come fasting with me? Not just when we do things as organized church. I, I see us next year and, and, and onwards. 
coming together on Sundays and declaring what you got up to and what you got up to and what you got up to and, 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 and how you shone right over here and dropped love bombs on everybody. I think we should use that expression even more and more. We're dropping love bombs on everyone. And they're not our bombs, they're his. And when we drop those bombs, they realise God loves me. Someone cares about me. That's what we do. So why are we dedicating half our service to packing hampers? Because I want to worship the Lord. I want to fast. I want my spirit to be filled. I want to do something that is meaning in life. And if it's me about, about me feeling good because I, you know, I just want to feel good, that's so meaningless. But when I walk home tired, thinking, boy, that was hard or sweaty, or this light in the pockets, well, that's meaningful. David had done something really wrong, King David. And he knew he, had to sacri- he wanted to sacrifice. He had his heart, he wanted to give God a sacrifice. So he went looking for a block of land in which he could do the sacrifice. And the guy recognised, he said, you're the king, what are you out here for? He said, oh, I want some land. He says, oh, have mine, I'll give you my land. You can do that because I just love God. And David made this comment, he said, no, 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 I'll purchase it. I dare not give the Lord that which costs me nothing. Wow, it's fasting, that's worship. That's what we do, church. Amen? Well, I'm gonna pray for you. We're gonna say goodbye to those on the live stream and I'm gonna invite Bruce up. Father, thank you so much that you love your church so much and you want us to have the most meaningful lives for generations. Lord, I pray that we as your church, Strong Nations Church, Strong Nation Church, Lord, that we would understand what you want. Your heart is for us to look after those who need looking after, to help others be strengthened, to shine light in dark places, speak life and share good news. We'll do that, God. I pray every member, individually and corporately, Lord, we would do this as your church. And Lord, as we do that, I just wanna feel your smile. That's what we want. Love you, God, in the name of Jesus, amen. Well, God bless you, everyone at home on the live stream. It's been great to have you here with us. Hope you have a fantastic day.